Hallelujah. I need to take Hallelujah. a minute of your time this morning. I've got to testify. You and about five other people. Let me start by saying that God is good. And he is near to the brokenhearted. Because we have been on a journey for over six months where our hearts have been broke. Where the enemies come against us with lies. And you know, I cry out to God. I cry out to God so many times. And being still is not a strong point for me. Anybody that knows me knows that that's not one of my strong suits. And, you know, I'm in CR, recovering from codependency. And I have realized that all years raising my children, I've dabbled in idolatry because I've this helicopter mom that's always just tried to control and take care and circumvent anything from coming around my kids. If you were a, a bad influence, then I'd sweep in and cut that off. And I was playing God, and that's not my place. And I'm on a journey right now of obedience and for God to get me out of the way because I work against him. My will is not his will. His ways are far above mine, and he can do exceedingly and abundantly greater than I could ever imagine. People looking from the outside in to my situation would think that it's a train wreck right now. But God is moving. God is moving. We have faced some giants, and we started out with a little boy with a stone. But I'll tell you right now, the giants get smarter and they grow bigger as my kids grow. And I have no control. But God sent David and Albashah in 2 Matthew. We have to be mindful to keep our eyes open for our Albashah. And this church has bound with me. And I feel like God has sent this church to be my Albashah. But... Chains are being broken right now, and God is on the move. And we receive not because we ask not. But I'm telling you, He's good, and He's faithful. And if you ask anything that you ask in prayer, it shall be done. It might not be in my time, but it will be in His time in order to accomplish everything that He wants to accomplish out of it. But He is good. He's a good, good Father. And I don't know who needs to hear hope today, but I'm telling you, he is near. And I pray that if you are struggling, I pray that he is so near to you that you feel the breath of God like I have felt on me. He's good. Just trust him. He knows best. Be still in his presence. It's not that he is going to do and going to work things for our good, but he is already moving. He's already moving and working those things, even when we can't see it. But I just can't praise him enough. And I just want to lift a praise to you today, God, because you are worthy, Lord. Regardless, God, if anything had changed in my situation, God, you are worthy. It doesn't have to change, God, because I know that we've got victory in Jesus. And I stand on that victory. It's not fixed right now, but it's a work in progress. And I'm a work in progress. But God is moving. And I pray 
that he will give you a glimpse of heaven this week, that you see what he's moving and doing in your life and in your loved one's life because he's there. Amen. Amen. The Bible says it this way. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the power of God may be of him and not of us. Amen. Come on. Thank the Lord it's not of us, right? Thank the Lord it's that he is all powerful, that he is mighty. Praise God. Praise God. Grab me one of those microphones before you roll off. Amen. How many know this is the day the Lord hath made? And I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Amen. Pastor, give us a little testify. Hey, you know what testifying is. You can't catch a pastor off guard. <laughs> well, first of all, I'd like to say I'm, I'm a born-again believer. Amen. Second of all, I'd like to say, because I believe in him, I've overcome cancer two times. Woo! Hallelujah. And I stand before you not having COVID-19. Come on. <laughs> and I have lived in faith around everybody, and I don't live my life in fear. I know in whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> praise the Lord. Good to have Beverly's parents with us from the big state of North Carolina, correct? North Carolina. North Carolina. There you go. As uh, Steve um, told me recently, there's a place called North South Carolina. Yeah. There's a, look that up, uh, a Bill Cosby film, and a little lady on there saying, I'm from North South Carolina. He said, no, wait a minute. You from what? <laughs> well, I'm from South Carolina. You guys were the, you know, the more ritzy, you know, privileged people up in North Carolina. We were just the lowly Southerners down from South Carolina. But anyway, good to see you guys here. Amen? Amen. How many know that God is awesome? Amen. He is faithful. Amen? <laughs> he is powerful. And I'm so thankful that we're here. Good to see all these young people, man. They had a blast this weekend. Come on, guys. Yeah. I guarantee you they hadn't had but two hours sleep the whole weekend. <laughs> Including the leaders. <laughs> I'm glad that uh, they brought Billy a shirt because, you know, Paige forgot his clothes. And so... Um, So, I told him to turn him inside out. He'd be fine. We don't live like that no more. I'm sorry. You thankful for your, for your pastor, aren't you? That's right. That's right. God is so good to us. You know, last week we started into a seven steps 
supposed to be a seven uh, promise um, that King Jesus gives us. And, and we got through one. We will see where we go from here. But if, to two. Yep, we can count. We're going to two. Somebody said uh, two and three quarters. I don't know if you all know. That was bad, wasn't it? Sorry. Those of you who are joining us online, we're so glad to have you this morning. Good to, good to be here. Hey, this coming Wednesday, we actually start at 6 o'clock because we're actually having some finger foods. And if you would like to join us with that, we want to celebrate Dre. We want to love on him. He has been so faithful of being here and being consistent with us for over four years. Uh, I'm thinking closer to five years now. And we just want to love on him. And we, we're going to miss him, but we're super thankful that God is uh, with him and leading him. And for the purposes that he is going, we want to send him. Amen. We want, to, we want to send him in ministry to where God is leading him to be. Amen. So just, if you remember that, 6 o'clock Wednesday night, we'll have finger foods and all that good stuff. And then afterwards, Dre will be speaking and sharing and also playing, uh, leading us in worship. Um, so be a part of that. Last week, we talked about asking. Right? If you ask whatsoever you're... If you'll ask whatsoever you will in my name, it shall be done. Asking. And, and we looked at that understanding that asking has to be in the right motives. You know, I remember um, as a teenager thinking that I was going to ask my parents for a car. Helen, that's not funny. And, and so my thought was, is I'm going to, I want a Cadillac. Go big or go home. So, you know, in my mind, I was thinking, that, you know, it's no big deal. I'll get me a Cadillac. Naive, 14-year-old thinking. Chris, I didn't get a Cadillac. I got a Volkswagen Bug. 1969. Yeah. You ride down the road, if it rained, it'd fog up so bad you couldn't see inside. You had to pull off and get a little paper towel and wipe the windows off just so you can see to ride down the road. Somebody all know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, it, it, it just, it was horrible. But thank God for four wheels. I'd make that little three-banger, I'd make that baby go as fast as it could. I put the biggest speakers in the back of that thing. The tag would rattle. You know what I'm saying? William, you just did that. You're, you're, how old are you, William? William's 30 years old and still doing that to his truck. Lord, help us. <laughs> but you know, there is, when we pray, we have to pray with the right motives. We have to pray with the understanding that our prayer needs to be aligned with the kingdom of God. And I really appreciate Brother Blodgett sent me a, a little, he sends me an email about every week, either rebuking me, I'm just, uh, either straightening me out, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, but just an encouraging word. And, and he said, Pastor, in that contest, he said, the greatest miracle of all, because, you know, we talk about asking God and we Oftentimes, what we're asking for, we're asking God for the miraculous, right? 
And we believe that God can do the miraculous. We believe that these signs follow them that believe. We understand as, and believe that the power of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That God is still the same. We believe that. But the greatest miracle that we could ever imagine is this. It's not my will for any to perish but for all to come to repentance. It's the being born again. Amen? The greatest miracle to know that Jesus Christ has given us eternal life. When we accept Jesus as our personal Savior, when we accept him as the Lord of our life, and God transforms us and gives us eternal life. Think about that, guys. This is not the end. Our life is not finished when this life is over, but we have eternal life in heaven, in glory. One of these days, we're going to walk the streets of gold. One of these days, we're going to stand around the throne of God, and we're going to worship him forever and ever and ever, and as long as forever as we can say. Amen? Amen. That is awesome. Praise God. Praise God. So what a miracle that is. What a miracle that is. You know, understanding that we need to ask God, but there's the other point is that we need to believe God. We need to believe God. Somebody said, seeing is believing. Have y'all heard the weather lately? <laughs> I mean, you know, I look at my weather app to dis decide what I, my plans are, but I've here, here recently, I look and, and I'm like, okay, Lord, it is an act of faith. <laughs> Because what they're saying never seems to take place these days. It's okay. Seeing is believing. But you know, really, is, is seeing believing? Is seeing believing? Because are we willing to believe even when we don't understand? Are we willing to believe even when we don't, don't see it take place? I, I love Ripley's Believe It or Not. Y'all been up there to Ripley's Believe It or Not? I mean, it's just over the hill. You know. I, I love going there. You know, I remember going there as a, as a teen. That place has been around a long time, y'all. That was just a couple years ago. But anyway, I remember going there and, and just being overwhelmed. That big old ball sitting out in the front of that place and, and how you can start spinning it and to think that it's literally sitting on a layer of water. How in the world does this thing take place? And over and over, there's all these different things that just, you look at it and just, boom, blows your mind to think of all these phenomenal things. But yet we have something even greater, even more magnificent, even more phenomenal that, that the God of, of all gods, come on, that, that Jesus Christ, the King of glory, the creator of the world, come on, spoke and this world came into existence. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't that just blow your mind? And it is him who we believe in. Come on. Amen. So Matthew chapter 21, 22 says, All things you ask in prayer, believing you receive them. Believing you receive them. Now, there's another scripture that I'm reminded of, and it's in James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The e effectual fervent or the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Amen? 
How many of y'all agree with that? Amen. How many, how many of y'all stayed up late last night? I'm going to wake up. Amen. When, when I think of that is, you know, the effectual, the effective prayer. How many, how many want to be effective in what you do? I mean, if I go out and, and, and start something, I want to know that I can finish the job. Right? I mean, you know, my wife doesn't like me to start a project in the house, Brother McGarity, unless I'm going to finish it. Right? How many of those start about two or three projects at the same time? Yeah? Doesn't it get frustrating? You're like, I just can't get anything done. I'm just not effective because I, I, I've got so many irons in the fire. Somebody said we're, we're a mile wide and an inch deep, right? Got so many things going, but are we effective in what we do? Are we effective? And the, the Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman availeth much. What does it mean? What, what does effective mean? Well, I believe that when we look at the context of the scripture, the effective prayer, there's a prepositional phrase that follows that, and it says, of the righteous, right? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person, man or woman, right? So when I think of that, I'm thinking, okay, God, who can be effective? Who can be effective when we understand, as, as the Word of God tells us, that there's none righteous, no, not one? How can we be effective when the Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. When we think of the context of who we are and we think of this, this prepositional phrase, of the righteous, how can we be effective? But I believe that when we take the whole context of the Scripture, it helps us to understand how we can be effective. How many want to be effective? Amen. Amen. So what does effective look like? Well, if you go back to verse 15, it says, And the prayer offered in faith will restore one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Come on. So it goes on and says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So what is it that makes us righteous? Well, I believe it is a prayer of faith. Right? Because we see that the, we see the effects of prayer taking place in verse 15 because the effects of prayer is this. The, pre, the effect of a, a, a prayer of faith is it restores. Amen? When I think of our lives, so many times people are bogged down uh, in, in their own situations, whether it be, uh, thank you so much, Beverly, for being open and transparent, whether it be codependency, whether it be, uh, some people say, well, you know, I, I don't deal with drugs or alcohol and or, or, or date girls who do. Anyway, CR is not just for drugs, alcohol. It's not just for sex addictions. It's for those who struggle with maybe eating habits, struggle with anger, struggle with codependency, struggle with uh, fear, or struggle with loneliness, or well, no matter what. It's a hurt habit or hang-up. But so many times I think that we get caught up and we think, well, how can I be restored? But Jesus said the prayer of faith will restore. Come on. 
I don't know about you, but I want a restoration of my mind, body, and soul. Amen. I don't want to be the same person I've always been. I don't want to have the same curses that has been following my family generation for, after generation. I want to know that I've been set free, restored by the power of the Holy Spirit, renewed by His blood, no longer walking in yesterday's sin, no longer affected by the things of the world, but made new by His blood. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So it says, restore those who are sick. But it says, this is what I love. And the Lord will raise him up. Amen. When we believe, God will restore and the Lord will raise them up. God raises up. I mean, Another scripture says it this way. It says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Amen? It's not by our uh, abilities. It's not by the power or authority that we have. It is by the spirit of the Lord. And the spirit of the Lord indwells us. And the same spirit of the Lord that raised Jesus from the dead indwells us and empowers us to be overcomers in Christ Jesus. I will praise before my breakthrough. Come on. I will see a victory because Jesus is the Lord of my life. He is my victory. And in him, I am more than an overcomer. Amen. Amen. But not only that, but he forgives our sins. So when I think of this effective prayer of a righteous man, it goes on and says, Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. That word therefore is what is it there for? Right? It gives us an understanding. What is it there for? And I believe that when too many times we go to God and yet we are burdened by so much. The Bible says do not be entangled again with this world, right? Don't be entangled or encumbered by the sins of the world. So many times we come in double-minded. We believe, but yet we don't believe. We, 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 we want to trust God, but we don't trust God. We, and, and, and all that plays out in our act, actions and our activities. We say with our mouth one thing, but yet we walk in a different way. We say things like, I believe God. And yet we walk out our life as if we're so afraid of everything. Confess. We have to go before the Lord and say, Lord, I, I'm, I, I, I'm sorry. Because I've allowed the world to affect my judgment. I've allowed the world to affect my decisions. I've allowed the world to, to, to bring influence into me. And Lord, I confess. And in our confession, the Lord brings, brings forgiveness of sins. Amen? But so many times we're afraid to confess to somebody else. We're afraid because it, it might cause accountability. That's a dirty word, isn't it? Accountability. But, you know, when it says confess one to another so that you might be healed, come on. I believe that so many people have confessed to God, and though they are forgiven, they are still walking in sickness of life because they've not confessed some, to someone else so that they can walk in healing. Amen? It is a journey. How many know that healing is a journey? Yeah, you got to walk that out. you got to commit to someone else. you got to walk together, bearing you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. When you walk together, it brings healing because we are one body, amen, and we need each other. And, but, and when we begin to confess our sins to God and become forgiven and we confess to one another and we find healing, it is then that we become 
effective in our prayer because we begin to walk in the righteousness of God, not the righteousness of our own ability, not the righteousness of ourselves, not the righteousness of all the knowledge that we've gained of God, but the righteousness of knowing that we are in right relationship with Him and we're in right relationship with the body of Christ. And when we have those two together, we become effective in our prayer. Amen? Amen. But it says the prayer of faith. So what does it mean to believe? Well, believe means I have to have faith, right? I mean, when I think about that, in, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, one says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So guess what, guys? I may not see it taking place, but I believe it's going to happen. I, I remember... As a young teenager, you know, experiencing God and, and, and having these dreams of what God was going to do. And, and, and Vicki, literally, it would, it would cause me to tremble to think, God, how could you use me in that way? And, and wonder, God, how in the world? I, I'm, I know where I've come from. I know what I've done. I know the faults that I have. I know the struggles that I have. There is no way that you could use me. But... But I realized that when God started giving these visions that if I would just believe that he was giving revelation, he would fulfill it. Because it wasn't about my abilities to do the things that God was telling me to do. It was my ability to trust him. Do you trust me? Because over and over again, the visions that I would have would be preaching in foreign countries and 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 preaching in front of multitudes in foreign countries, and I'm thinking, that is not possible because I'm not going to leave home. <laughs> I'm from South Kakalaki, and I ain't going nowhere. But God. I thought, there's no way. I mean, who am I? I mean, look, I'm just a southern little redneck. I don't know anything. I can barely know English, much less any other language, and there's no way I'm going anywhere. But the more I submitted to God, the more I began to believe his plan, the more God opened doors. And I remember I got a text this past week. I call him the translator. His name's Adin Rivas. He's uh, from Honduras. And, 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 and I was called to go do a, an evangelistic crusade. It was a two-night crusade. Man, it was going, whoo, I was excited. And, and, and we get out there, and, and the translator doesn't show up. And here's this, you know, Honduran preacher. He's a great guy. He spent three months illegally in the United States, so he knows English completely. At least he thought. So I'm thinking, well, you, let's just let you preach tonight because translator's not here. They'll understand you. No, man, I can do it. And so, man, we, I began to preach, and I knew just enough Spanish to get me in trouble. And so I would say something like, um, like strongholds, and he would say a word for stronghold, and I'm like, that's not the word for stronghold. I'm like, this guy's preaching his own message anyway. <laughs> he should have just preached. 
about 15 minutes in the message, I'm frustrated because I've done lost my train of thought because I'm listening to him and I don't think he's on the same page. I'm like, I'm done. And I had an altar call. I just stopped. I had an altar call. 75% of the people came up. Oh, I, 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 I guess they thought, Billy, if these two are saved, we really need Jesus. <laughs> I can tell you story over, after story of God's move throughout our eight years in Honduras and in Belize and in the jungles. God, and not because of the podunk from South Carolina, but because God is faithful. Because even in our inabilities, God just God didn't say, I need you to be perfect. I need you to go to mission school. I need you to do this and that. No, God said, go. And we have to believe that when God says do something, we got to believe it. Because if God says do it, he will, he will honor your faithfulness. He'll honor your obedience because he's looking for somebody who'll say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Yes, Lord. Amen. I mean... We have to have faith because without faith, according to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to believe, to believe him, right? It's impossible to please him. For those who come to God must believe that he exists, that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We have to believe that God is. We live in a generation that's questioning, is God real? We, have a, we live in a society that is becoming more and more ag agnostic and atheist because even the people of faith, do we really believe God the way we used to believe God? Do we really believe that God is able to do what he says he will do? And the world is looking at us, and no wonder the world calls us hypocrites because we talk this thing, and we come into church, and we dress this way, and we act this way, but when we walk out of these doors, do we live a life that says, I believe God, I know God is real, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation, I will not back down, I will not shut up, you will not quiet me because I'm a child of the King, He's my Lord, He's my Savior, He's my rock, I will stand on Him no matter what the world says I will live for him that's the life we have to live that's the belief that we have to say I mean look Paul was willing to go to prison for it I had a friend of mine who who just recently got out of prison after six years and he said this he said I asked him I said why don't you just agree with what they said he said because it wasn't true a man of God, a man whose dad was a minister in prisons for years, a man who trusted the Lord, a man who followed God's plan, but had a situation where the government came on him because of financial things. He says, I didn't do anything wrong. But you know, you can't fight against certain entities, right? Yeah. And they said, well, just do a plea deal. You can get out. He says, no. He says, absolutely not. I will not tell a lie, even if it means I go to jail, even if it means I spend six years 10 years, 100 years, I will be a man of integrity. Here's what his wife said. He told her, he said, honey, I could do this and get out and we could be fine. And she says, if you want me to be with you, if you want me to stay married to you, if you want us to be together, 
She says, you use integrity and you be a righteous man. You, you walk blameless. You, you don't care what they say. She says, when it's time for you to get out, I'll still be here. But if you lie, I will not be able to be with you. And here's this guy, he's in jail, and guess what? His daddy always wanted him to be a, be, be a prison minister. And he's winning people left and right to the Lord Jesus Christ, having Bible studies, opening the word. God used his time. Look, I'm not saying that all of us are going to jail. <laughs> but the reality is, is that how much are we willing to stand on what we believe? How much are we willing to say, Lord, I believe you even when it's contrary to popular culture, even when they don't like it, even when they ridicule me, will I stand for the word of God, the thing that will not pass away, the thing that will stand forever? Will I lean on your word? Will I trust your word? Will I know that I know that it is God leading me and not my own influences, not the world's influences? Amen. I want to know that I'm trusting God, that I'm believing him. Look, we have to have faith in, in our believing. We have to know who we trust in. We have to know that he is able, right? So what, is, what does it mean to believe? It means to commit to. I'm committed to this thing. I'm committed to the end. Look, guys, we, you hear, you've heard me say this before, but we have it so made. I mean, we... we we hear of chatter that the church is uh, under attack, and, and I'm not denying that it is or isn't. But the reality is, is that we have brothers and sisters around the world who are being literally killed and murdered and, and, and being taken captive, little girls being taken from their homes and being thrown into, as slaves into, into homes because of their faith. We whine and cry about the nationalism of Christianity, and reality is, is that, look, we've got it made. We're sitting in a church and have the right to do so. And even if we did, even if we did, we'd be like the three Hebrew boys. We will not bow down, right? Even if it means we've got to go to the fire, we know that the Lord Almighty, the King of glory, the Son of God will be with us. We will stand, amen. We will stand. We will fight. We'll do what God tells us to do. But I, we have to have, be committed. I love, thank you, Pastor, for saying that. Because that scripture says, I am persuaded. We need to get into our hearts and our minds that we are persuaded that God is real. And that God is able. And if God says do, that we've got to do it. Amen? And we can't back down. We can't wonder. We can't worry about whatever the world says. Look, they can talk about their, their genderisms and all those kind of things. But look, we know what the Bible says. Amen? I'm, a, I'm appreciative of even the Pope just the other day saying, look, we will not bless homosexual unions. Right? And, and he's come under great scrutiny for that. And not that I agree with the Catholic Church and everything, but at least there's something that we can agree on right now. Amen? And so therefore, it's, it's an attack not just on the United States. It's a, it's a worldwide attack 
on the body of Christ. And we have to believe what we believe. We have to stand firm on the word of God because if we don't, there's all kinds of different people speaking things, trying to affirm that, well, Jesus loves them too. Yes, he does. But he loves them so much that he's willing to transform their lives to the truth of his word. Amen? He's willing to bring deliverance. Look, he says, let them come. Everyone who's burdened and heavy laden, look, let them come. He, let the, he wants the sinner to come. He wants those who are, who are struggling to come. He wants them to come to him. And look, you are welcome in this place no matter where you are. If you're listening to us, if you read this or listen to it, 20 years from now, you're still welcome to come. But just know that we will stand to the standard of God's word. We will not bend to the, to the preferences of this world or the culture or society. We will stand in God's word. It is truth. It is what sets the captives free. It is Jesus Christ who can set us free. And look, just because you have a tendency for something doesn't mean you have to fall to the tendency. Amen? Just because you have an attraction or an affinity to something doesn't mean you have to fall to the temptation. Look, I, I grew up in a, a, a family who was alcoholic. My dad was an alcoholic. And I know that, look, I, I have learned that I can't take a sip. Because a sip for me means the keg later. Right? Because I have an affinity for that. I, I can be... I can be drawn into that. Now, I'm set free by the power of Jesus Christ, right? But why in the world would I give myself the temptation of living in that lifestyle? Why would I give the devil an inch? Because if you give him an inch, he's going to take a mile. So if I have an attraction or an affinity for something and I know that it doesn't line up with God's word, I have to ask God for forgiveness of that. Amen? Because I believe God is real. I believe his word is true. And I believe that when he says do something, do it. When he says don't do something, don't do it. It is for my benefit and my blessing that I honor and glorify him. Amen? Amen. I'm persuaded. Thank you, Jesus. Persuaded. Matthew chapter 17, 20 and 21 says, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Yes. Amen? Amen? You know, so many times we focus on the size of the seed. Well, I just got, all I have to have is a little faith. Just got to have a little faith. But I, I really don't believe that that is what the word was saying because it's not, I mean, think about this. Jesus rebuked the disciples because he said, Oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> so why would he say, if you only have the grain of a mustard seed, you can save the mountain? He's not talking about little faith. Because you have to consider the characteristics of a mustard seed. Right? How many have ever bitten down on a mustard seed before? I mean, they're really small. Yeah, they are. But it's like popping one in your mouth. It's like eating a whole onion. Poof. The flavor is just... Whoa. It's hot. It's like, 
How in the world? So in other words, it's potent, right? So therefore, we got to have potent faith, powerful faith. But you know, the other side of the seed is this, that when you plant a mustard seed in a garden, when you can plant it beside a squash, you can plant it beside a tomato, you can plant it beside anything else, and guess what? Guess what it grows? A mustard tree. Right? How many of you ever had cross-pollination? How many of y'all garden, right? About three of you? That's an old art. I mean, you can't put, like, zucchinis beside yellow squash. You get these green-striped yellow things. Right? There's cross-pollination. But with a mustard seed, it doesn't cross-pollinate. You can put it beside no matter what, and it will stay true to who it is, right? Look, we live in a world that wants us to cross-pollinate. Come on. We live in a world who wants us to compromise. We live in a world who wants to rub off on us. Let me just, if I get them around me long enough, they'll start speaking like I speak. If I get around me long enough, they'll start looking like I look. They'll start acting like I act. Look, we have to have a faith that says I will not compromise in my dress code. I will not compromise in my language. I will not compromise in my thought processes because I believe God is God no matter what. Amen. 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 Well, I'm about ready to preach this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go. Mark chapter 11, 23 through 24 says, Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you receive them, and they will be granted to you. Mark chapter 9, 23, And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things, come on, all things are possible to him who believes amen luke chapter 17 5 and 6 the apostle said to the to the lord increase our faith and here's his reply if you have faith as small as a mustard seed you can say to the mulberry tree be uprooted and planted by the sea and it will obey you so what does it look like what does this kind of faith look like well Think about this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence, come on, prepared an ark for the salvation of his household by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Think about that. Never seen rain, ridiculed. Everybody laughed at him. Months and months went on and they laughed at him. What are you doing, Noah? Why are you building this monstrosity in the middle of the desert? What are you thinking? How how is this going to happen? I mean, we don't see this. This is crazy. Look, there's people going to ridicule your faith. There's people going to look at you and say, you're crazy. Why would you believe that? That ship's going down. You might as well well abandon ship. The church is going down. I'm here to tell you that just when the world counts us out, God counts us in because God says, nothing shall be impossible for them that believe. Amen. Amen. We have to truly surrender to him. It looks like this. In verse 8 of chapter 11 of Hebrews, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he, which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Wow. It's believing God even when we don't understand it. 
It's believing God even when we don't see it. It's believing God even when we don't truly grasp the full understanding of where we're going or what we're supposed to do. But when God says go, we just do. We go. We trust. We believe. Look, it's not about earning or forcing answers through perfect prayer. It's not about, I've got to, I have to have this perfect prayer. Thou, O God of heaven, thou knowest my inner thoughts. Right? It's not about trying to have the perfect prayer. It's not about forcing yourself to pray. I mean, Ephesians chapter 2 and 8 says, For it is by grace that you're saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Wait a minute. Whoop, wait a minute. Whoa. For by grace you're saved through faith, that not of yourself. Wait, what's not of me? I'm I'm exerting this, Lord. No. Even the very faith that we use to believe God is from God. The Bible says that he's given every man a measure of faith, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We can increase our faith. But even the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. They understood that their faith didn't come from their own abilities and their own existence. Their faith come from him. Lord, increase our faith. God, help us to be faithful and have faith in you. Goes on and says, it is the gift of God, not by work so that no one should boast. We can't boast about our works or our faith. We, go, we can't go around and say, look what I did. Woo. Look how God used me. We, I think some, too many times we're like Vanna White. Look at this. Look at this. When ultimately we should say, look at him. <laughs> look what Jesus has done. Isn't that amazing? Everything should testify of him, right? Everything should testify about him. Look, it it, it comes down to the the power of man versus the power of God. The apostles, as I just said, look to the Lord and says, increase our faith. Luke 13, 18 through 19 says, so he was saying, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It is like a mustard seed which a man took and threw into his own garden and it grew and became a tree. Come on, right? Romans 10 and 17, so faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Mark 9, 24, immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I I do believe, but help my unbelief. He recognized we need Jesus. How many of everybody needs Jesus? Amen. 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 Look, Paul understood that it wasn't just the knowledge because some of the greatest theologians, even in our time right now, have gone astray from the word. Some of the very institutions that were started as theological seminaries have gone so far astray from the word of God because it's not about how much knowledge you gain. Paul understood that. He he understood that that he could be puffed up and prideful because he was a great great apologist. He said this, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 says, because of the surpassing greatness of revelation... In other words, he said, man, I have received immense revelation. I understand the greatness of God. Man, it is amazing what God has done. And he understood all these revelations. But it goes on and says, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself. Come on. 
He said, there was given me a thorn of the flesh. He even called it a messenger of Satan. I've had a few of those. Amen. God help us. Look, you can have all the knowledge you want to, but are you effective? I mean, look, I, I, I can quote to you scripture. I can talk to you about theology all day long. How many souls are you winning? Whose life are you impacting? How is it being effective in your life? How is it operating in you? What does that look like? Somebody come to the piano. One minute. One minute and 43, 42, 41. Go, let's go. He just said this. This is what Paul, this is how Paul, and he says, concerning this, I implore the Lord three times that it might leave me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weakness, with insults, with distress, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. It's not about how our ability is. Look, let, let me help you grasp a hold of this. Some of us need to hear this right now. Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, however you want to say it. Chapter 1. Habakkuk was struggling with this idea that he was God's people. And he began to complain about all that was going on and how there was such a, a wrestle and a fight. He said, Lord, don't you see all this happening? And the Lord said, look, I'm raising up the Chaldeans. And he's like, whoa, wait, wait a minute, Lord. Those are some, those are bad people. They're evil. How could you use them? How could you use such atrocious people? And here's what he said out of pride. He said, are you not from everlasting, O Lord? My God, my Holy One, we will not die. He said, he goes on and says, you, O Lord, have appointed them to judge, and you, O Rock, have established them to correct. Your eyes are too pure to approve evil, and you cannot look on wickedness with favor. Why do you look with favor on those who deal treacherously? Why are you silent when the wicked swallowed, us, swallowed up those more righteous than they? Guys, even in the mindset... We have to realize we live in an awesome country. Would we all agree with that? Amen. We, we have lived and live in a country that has, that has been productive for the kingdom of God for many years from its inception. But if there was a nation that was considered God's people, it was 
Israel. And even when the Romans were going in and trashing and tearing down, Jesus didn't look around and say, God, you going to do something about this? If he didn't spare his own son. Guys, look. Be careful not to perverse nationalism with righteousness. Lord, you mean you would let those wicked, we're more righteous? Do we believe in God or do we believe in nationalism? Will we trust God even when we don't see the things happening like we think they should happen? Will it defeat our faith? Will we be downcast? Oh, my soul, will we be lost when everything else is failing? I mean, look, the Bible says that nations will rise and they will fall, but the Word of God, it will stand forever. We have to come to a place where, Lord, it's not about my abilities and what I can do. It's not about how much knowledge I have, but, Lord, do I trust you and will I follow you even when I don't understand it? Even when the nation may be trembling, the nation going down or the nation struggling, I still trust you because the kingdom of God will stand forever. You are establishing your kingdom and it may be here, it may be Nigeria, it may be in Europe, it may be in Asia, it may be in Africa, no matter where, where God establishes kingdom. It's bigger than all the nations put together. What I want to know is what thus saith the Lord. God, what are you speaking in this day and this hour? And Lord, am I willing to obey your word? Do we really believe God? Because listen to this. James chapter 2, verse 19. You believe God is one, you do well. Listen, listen. The demons also believe and they tremble. Where's the fear of the Lord? Where's the fear of God in us today that says, man, I can't miss what God's doing. I'm not gonna put anything else in the place that would hinder my relationship with God. I'm not gonna pass up time. Look, if it causes my kids not to be a part of something, then guess what? I would rather them be a part of the body of Christ than anything else. Because if, if I'm the parent and I'm responsible for my children's faith, come on, how many know you know they've been entrusted to you? And I'm responsible for them, what am I teaching them? If I'm so lackadaisical in my commitment to the body of Christ, what am I teaching my children? Is that okay? Y'all, y'all still love me, right? Do we believe that God is God? Do we believe in His Word? Are we willing to obey His Word? Are we willing to stand on the truth when everything else in culture is trying to give us a different trajectory and a different plan? Are we willing to say, God, I trust you, I believe in you, I will do what you say no matter what? God, help us. I'm closing. I'm I'm, I'm going. 
Go back to the scripture that I read from the very beginning. James 5, verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like us. He was a man like us. He wasn't some, you know, person that's been translated and a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again and, and the sky poured rain and the earth produced its fruits. The Bible says this. I know i got to close. The Bible says this. James 4, 17. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. Guys, I'm not here to bring condemnation. I'm here to encourage you that if God said it, do you believe it? If God is speaking it, are you willing to walk it? Because I believe that God wants us to be effective. I believe God wants us to, to be effective in letting His kingdom flow through this place. But the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. Father, I pray, God, that if there's something we're hanging on to, if there's some hindrance that we have allowed to creep in to our faith that is keeping us from completely committing to your plan and your will. God, I pray that you would redeem us, O oh Lord. That you would direct us, O oh Lord Jesus. God, that you would help us to identify the things that are hindering our walk with you to let go of those things. Let us not be entangled any longer. Lord, let us be committed to your will, to your way. If there's someone in this place this morning that says, there's some things that I've allowed to hinder my walk. There's some attitudes or actions that, that are hindering me. There's some activities that, that I have been involved in or there's some things or commitments that I've made that, are, that are, I'm struggling with because they are consuming my time and keeping me from doing what God wants me to do. This morning, if you could say that, if, if that is your heart, if that is your prayer this morning would you would you bring it to the Lord would you find a place whether it be where you are would it, or be right here would you say Lord I need to let go and let you God have your way anyone else come on Lord I need to let go things have overwhelmed whether it be family issues whether it be personal struggles whether it be finances whatever that is whatever's holding you back whatever seems to be influencing you and hindering your walk, would you be willing today to say, Lord, I let loose of that today? Because God, I don't want anything to hinder my belief in you. I don't want anything to keep me from fully surrendering to your plan. Today, I let go. Today, I surrender. Today, I entrust that to you, Lord Jesus, that you would take it away. Father, I pray right now, God, Lord, as I recognize that even schedules sometimes get so hectic. And Lord, we, we talk about being busy, and, 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 and I often use the, the word busy being being under Satan's yoke. And Lord, we, we find ourselves so busy that we don't find time. But Lord, I pray, God, that you would 
be in charge of our schedules, that you'll be in charge of our time, that you'll help us to be surrendered to you, Lord. God, that you, oh Lord, will be the Lord of our life. God, that when we ask, that we ask in right motives, but Lord, when we believe, we believe wholeheartedly as a righteous person living right with you and living in right relationship with the body that we may see the effects of prayer, lives being transformed, healings being taken place, souls being saved by the power of your love, Jesus. Have your way in this house, God. Continue to direct us, Lord. Continue to lead us. Let us be surrendered to you, Jesus. Let us truly believe in your word as an everlasting word with an everlasting hope. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.